This is Music on Repeat, a podcast where I talk to people about the songs that impacted their taste in music. You can find me on iTunes and Stitcher under the name Music on Repeat, or online and on Instagram at musiconrepeat.io. I'm your host, Susie Q. Here we are, episode 15. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Finally, I have another girl on my podcast. I have been dying to have more women on my podcast, and all my girlfriends just say no. What? I'm not the first, though. No, you're, well, you're the second, which is kind of embarrassing, because there's 15 episodes now. Two out of 15. I mean, we're going to up that. Well, and I, I picked one of my songs as a woman, also. Yeah. I was conscious of this, Okay, also. good. Well, but... thank you so much. So, Anna is my guest today. Thank you for having me. I'm very flattered. Can you uh, introduce yourself to the audience? So, I'm Anna, and I'm originally from Washington, D.C., and I went to university at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> shout out is that like a shout out to your I just <laughs> always feel like I love Bloomington and <laughs> I lived in Cincinnati for a little while and then I moved to Barcelona and now you're here and now I'm here I feel like real here now it's like my second summer so I can hate the tourists for real oh yeah that's when you know you're really a true Barcelonian when you hate the tourists and you kind of hate the summer yeah I mean you don't hate the summer but you hate the people that come I just yeah um, so one of the main reasons I asked you to be on here is that you are a celebrated cellist. Is that, is that what they're called? A celebrated well, cellist. I mean, you're celebrated by me. I've never heard you, but. I, well, I am a celebrated cellist then. Yes. Okay. So, I but you're a cellist. That. Yeah. So yeah. you're a cellist. Yes. And how long have you played the cello? Yes, I was classically trained in cello, probably actually starting a little bit late by classical standards. I started at 13 on cello. Which, That's when you first picked up a cello. Yeah, but before I played violin. But it it wasn't until I was a bit older, actually, that I started playing cello. And a lot of that technique transferred over. So I guess that makes it over 10 years. Wow. But it's a lifelong endeavor. You never stop feeling like you can improve. Yeah. (laughs) That's like my classical mindset on it. Okay. It's a lifelong Is that a classic, classical thing that you feel like you're never going to be? Yeah, absolutely. It's like you always are looking for how can every performance be improved. You basically act like Beyonce. You know, like Beyonce watches her, all of her performances afterwards and she's like really Really rigorous yeah. and really like motivated about highlighting all of the points that can be improved and and so you're like the Beyonce of cello. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I can't accept that. That's like <laughs> I can be celebrated, but I will not claim to be that. But yeah. So and now I have some violin and some piano and way less, but a little bit of guitar. Awesome. I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm a jack of all trades. I very like impressive. I'm very impressed. Thank you. So we're gonna go into that a little bit more, but we'll start with your first song and neither of your songs are classical no well let's play the first song and then we'll talk about it yes Thank you. 
Okay, Anna, what song was that? That was <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite songs of all time. Even before this podcast, I always thought this is one of my favorite songs. It's Nightmares by... Bye. Bye. <laughs> Jay Riotard. <laughs> Riotard. Riotard. Let's just get the spelling out there. It's R-E-A-T-A-R-D. Yeah. So we had a bit of a discussion before... <laughs> We started recording about how exactly to pronounce this because I had never heard of this guy. And I tried to Google it to see how he pronounces his name. Yes, that's normal. Because it looks like it could be Jay Retard. Yeah. And I didn't want to offend anyone by saying that if that wasn't it. But apparently when he says it, I found a video of him speaking and he called himself Jay Retard. Yes, we listened a couple of times. We were trying to decide. Yeah. I also, before the podcast, I was like, hmm, should I research this? (laughs) Apparently the the accepted pronunciation is Retard. But other people have this last name or... Because also we have to say that this isn't his real last name. No. So this like takes after a teenage band of his called the Retards. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So, I mean, this guy's pretty recent. He was at his height in like the early 2000s, like 2008. Yeah. He died in 2010. So it was a different climate, and I'm sure he made that band name with his buddies when it was when well, we we were like collectively less woke. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I think we can just all take credit for ourselves. We we as a society are way more woke now. Yeah, so but, we would never call our band name that. No, but we're just gonna go with Jay Retard for this one. Jay Retard, there it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. So tell us about this song and this guy so i actually before coming on i actually really tried to think when is the first time that i heard this i was playing cello on tour with a band oh wow a guy i met in bloomington his name was lauren he was like a prolific songwriter anyway he decided to do a summer tour and i went with him playing cello and we stayed at some house in boise idaho and they put this record on and i was like this is amazing So tie back to Bloomington, Indiana. Big scene there. It's like you have two societies, basically. You have Big Ten, fraternity, sorority, frat party culture, basketball, March Madness. Okay. Then you have X-Punk City USA, which is... Really? Yeah. There used to be a couple more record labels there, and there's still one big famous one that Bonnie Bear is on. But you have this whole kind of flowering indie music scene, alternative music scene. So basically, I got to college for classical music, but maybe there's just always been this part of me where... I guess I just like weird people. So I I ended up playing a lot of just extra stuff, you know, that my classmates wouldn't do because we didn't have a lot of extra time. Right. You know, bands from around town, they want to record a cello or do this. And I was always totally down for that. Oh, cool. So you were like the token cello player for all the bands. Yeah, I mean, there was a few of us in the music school. We cater to the needs of the rest of the people in Bloomington (laughs) (laughs) who are not doing classical music. I mean, saying that, so I I knew a lot of people that were in bands, and I saw a lot of shows, and there was a lot of live music going on. And pretty much all of it was trying to be like some version of what we just heard. Everyone basically wanted to play lo-fi rock blues yeah music i mean we had so many fun shows i mean there were so many fun house shows with bands like that but it gets super saturated everyone's making the same kind of music yeah, and everyone wants to sound a little bit like everyone else yeah or maybe they don't want to but they do 
They do. And it, rock music, punk music, it's simple. And like, that's what's good about it. But when I first heard this record yeah. and I first heard this track, there's something about it where it's like the craftsmanship of this mm-hmm. guy is incredible. When I listen to it, he gets the very essence of punk with nothing extra. I yeah. mean, there's some distortion, but you know, not too much. You know, there's this grit, there's this like visceralness yeah. about it. But then he has this pop skeleton underneath that's so efficient. It's like every single thing that he chooses in his songs serves a purpose, and there's nothing extra. It's a bit raw, maybe. Yeah. But when I was listening to it, I felt like it was also super approachable. Yeah. And I I watched, actually, a documentary about him at one point that just talked about, like, his songwriting process. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just one of those people. He would write five songs every single day, and then on Sunday, review them all, and then finish five of them. So, I mean, he just wrote a ton of stuff and I feel like you can just hear that in the song it's very simple like there's very few components but they all just work so well yeah and I love as well I mean just that punk spirit of like two and a half minutes to a track yeah and just going all out for those two and a half minutes yeah just fuck the last refrain we don't need to hear it again like (laughs) let's just get the energy out so you're playing classical music and you were in a band was it a classical band or was it a Jay Retard type I was of band. in a couple different bands. Okay. One was like a Jay Retard type band. Okay. Called Ivory Wave. Ivory Wave. Ivory Wave. Okay. And that was super fun. Again, just like a huge release from classical training. Yeah. I played bass in that band and I just felt so cool. <laughs> I felt like Kim Deal just holding it down because there were not a lot of women performers. Okay. At the end, yeah, I was in another band that was all girls, but we ended up doing mainly covers. Okay. And then just weird stuff. I mean, like I said, I was just a yes man yeah. for playing music. In but college. you just enjoyed it or did you want to try and make it into I just music as a career? I just enjoyed it. You know, I think having this big music label in town with Foxygen was on the label, Bonnie Vare is on the label. So if you wanted to do music as a career, you kind of could. It felt a little bit like it was within reach. It was in reach, but there were a lot of people trying to do it. And I definitely knew it just, it wasn't for me necessarily. I, I mean, I love it. I love it, but as a career... No. No. And and classically, definitely no. Because, uh, yeah, at the end of my degree, it's a lifestyle. I imagine it to be very posh lifestyle of a classical musician compared to a rock musician who's party lifestyle. But I could be yeah. totally wrong. I mean, classical musicians could be crazier. Well, they have all their own drama, of course. But it is like an esoteric circle. Yeah. When you think about just the cost, it's a prohibitive cost of instruments and lessons. Yeah. So being in the classical music world is you mostly have people that are from secure backgrounds yeah or you have people that have parents that are classical musicians okay my parents could support my interest in it okay but like I said I started a little bit late I mean just from the technical standpoint it's like a sport almost I see it as like gymnastics okay you start really early and that's just to kind of be in the game yeah I mean orchestras are a dying thing in America they're like dying to stay relevant yeah And I mean, they need a lot of help with that. They need to adopt some new strategies. Actually, in Denver, they're doing really good because you can go see a concert at Red Rock and smoke pot. Like, this is what they should be doing. Yeah, a new demographic. But essentially, I kind of sensed all this in college. Like, this was the environment and as well, a huge acceptance of really inappropriate behavior in general by, like, superior authoritative figures. What do you mean inappropriate? All under this guise of, like, we're artists. We care about real music. Real music. When I remember my rehearsals, (laughs) 
like a totally normal thing that would happen is just first off there's an old man up there sweating on the podium and like his sweat and his snot is all over you if you're anywhere near the front and then he just he's like everyone stop just stop and no one knows what's gone wrong no one knows what's happening and then just a monologue essentially maybe five ten minutes why am i doing this why are you all doing this have you asked yourself why you're doing this oh my god i should just kill myself oh i my mean god. this is what this is what you're gonna do this is the next generation and everyone's kind of like looking around like hee 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 giggling at each other oh my god and i'm like that sounds horrible yeah if he was talking to one person instead of 60 this is abusive i, I just don't relate and so many different relationships like this where it's, yeah, it's high pressure, but even more than that, it was just, I feel like people can get away with behavior they think is eccentric, but yeah, really it's, it's just, just... They're just being assholes. Yeah. And I guess my family doesn't know anything about music and I felt like, whoa, I have so much catching up just on technique to do, Yeah, which I'm like at a setback if I want to have a classical career. Yeah. And after my experiences, I was like, hasta luego. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... So with your classical background, would you say that when you were in those other bands playing, that was more of a release from the structure of classical music? Yes. I had the release because cello for me, even now, if you asked me to perform something for you, I would rather pick up an instrument I've never played before and perform for you on that than cello. Really? Why? Because my expectations are so high. For yourself? Yes. Okay. My ear is trained to listen for Mistakes. what is wrong. So right. for me, cello is just kind of, even if I practice by myself, it can be stressful. Playing in like a rock band first of all if you mess up it's no fine <laughs> no one cares probably no one notices probably no one notices yeah and beyond that i remember like writing a few songs with them or really helping them they would mostly write songs and then i would just kind of step in and be like okay i can make a bass part i mean just to play something simple just to focus on the feeling punk music almost like i mean just by definition the opposite of classical it's completely do it your i mean jay retard some of his original cassette tapes he was like playing a bucket i mean those drum tracks those are weird he recorded them himself they don't sound like a normal drummers yeah if you actually listen to them yeah but it's all encouraged it's all just yeah. and i think i felt appreciated coming in just because I could just help so much. <laughs> yeah. Just down to the most basic stuff. I mean, I don't play guitar well, but I can tune it in one second. Yeah. By ear, which some people like really need the tuner every time. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I liked that feeling that like I'm helping people that are really doing music just because they feel it and not yeah. for any other reason. That's cool. Whereas like in the classical music school, I mean, there was just so much status. Yeah. Whose parent plays in the Chicago orchestra or like... Yeah. Who's, like, Piano Starker's favorite student? I just saw so much childish behavior there. I mean, people looking at people's recitals at the music library just to laugh at them. Like, oh, oh listen, God, listen, so to his, listen to his arpeggioni. Oh, my... How... Why did he even think he could play this? Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> That's, like... It's so... It's, like, like... Mean Girls classical. It, it really wasn't until after I left that I realized that I had this negative attitude towards playing music. I couldn't jam for a while. I just, like, would have a mental breakdown. It's almost like it's still there. I can recognize it now when it starts to happen. Yeah. I can and just be like, okay, take a step back. But, I mean, it took a couple of years to even get to that point to be like, wait... Hold on. I'm good at cello? Yeah. How can this be? 
compared to the rest of the world. It's a very closed uh, world. Yeah. I mean, maybe you should just do a concert in Barcelona for people that don't know anything about cello, and you'll probably feel like Beyonce. I should. I should just Everyone like... be like, oh my God, you're amazing. Oh my God. People... <laughs> it's just when they see the cello, it's like suddenly... They love it. They just are like, okay, there's a cello. We're having a classy time now, guys. And it doesn't matter what the cellist is playing. It's just the, it's just that it's there. It's there. We're classy now. Yeah. So are we going to see you play in Barcelona anytime soon then? Anywhere? I hope someone that listens to this podcast will... Will say, will, like, come play with us. Maybe it will be a us. catalyst. Yeah, this could be the resurgence of your career as a cellist in Barcelona. It could. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I like being a studio musician, more or less. Okay. I, like, that was my experience in college a lot okay. with cello. Yeah, I played in some bands, but I just did a lot of recording for friends. That's cool. And I loved that because I got to feel like I was helping a friend. Yeah. I got to feel creative. Yeah. Ironically, I majored in classical music, which seems like a creative field. But again, it's like gymnastics. It's yeah, like a it feels sport. very regimented. It's incredibly regimented. The idea of Yo-Yo Ma playing and you think he's feeling all of that. They completely dissect that in a music degree. By the time you actually perform something, there's so little emotion in it. Yeah, it takes a lot of that heart out of it, I would guess. Yeah. And certainly you get to a point where, yeah, you are Yo-Yo Ma. And you can feel <laughs> and be the best at the same time. But as a student, pretty much anyone else, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard. It's actually not creative. So I liked studio recording because I could be creative and have that little support of someone has a song and yeah. I actually have training. I can pick something up easily. For them, you know, it's like to get yeah. someone to play with them on a song. Like sometimes like DIY musicians don't even know what chords they're playing. If I ask them, what key is your song in? They're like, uh. So I could essentially figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, they got the benefit of like, great, now I have cello on my track and it sounds more full. And I got the benefit of feeling like I created something too. That's cool. So I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking of creative people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Your next artist is uber creative. She's pretty pretty much a synonym for creativity. She is a goddess. Yeah. She she is my Beyonce. Okay. Ooh. She Controversial. Is my okay, let's let's play the song <laughs> and uh let's talk about it after. If you ask yourself patiently Okay, in the words of this artist, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I'm sure some people know. That's the distinctive yeah. voice of my special bee, not Beyonce, Bjork. Bjork. And the song is, who is it? Who is it? Who okay. is it? Who is it? So you love Bjork. <laughs> I, I. You were dancing around a little there, shaking yeah. your head, she singing is. along. But if you know about Bjork, you know just how unique she is and obvious that's yeah. that's reason enough to to have a big fandom for her when i listen to her music not every song but there's something about her that's why i say she's my beyonce it's like things people say about beyonce it's like i feel that for bjork she empowers me okay she, she makes me feel more like myself she makes me feel proud to be a woman yeah 
reminds me of yeah, my core essence almost. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like going back home. What she does is it's so completely her that it makes you feel completely you. Okay, so she makes you feel comfortable being who you are because she's comfortable being who she is. Yeah, exactly. So when did um, you first start listening to Bjork? I'm not sure. Because back before recommendations and you had to find things on Apple Music yeah. yourself. Before it was Apple Music, iTunes or yeah. MySpace. You had to find it yourself. And I'm sure I originally came across her probably at the same time as Apocalyptica. Because at that time, if you looked for like classical music and pop, like she obviously has this huge kind of classical backing in so much of her tracks. Yeah. In their structure and in the instrumentation. So that was something you, you think you were drawn to. I think that was like the immediate catch for yeah. me. Well, what she does is just so different from, from everything else we hear. I mean, for a while, I was totally a person that just wanted to listen to weird music for the sake of listening to weird music. But that was because I was listening to so much classical music that just listening to any songs on the radio at all, I was just so snobby about that. I yeah. love pop music now. I'm like, woo! Yeah. Avicii! <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, R- R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> I mean, we can still, we can still, uh, can still right. like him, even oh, though yeah. he's not with us anymore. Or, or Bruno Mars. For, I love Bruno Mars, okay. for example. But back then, I wanted music, yeah, to be as challenging as it could be. Okay. I mean, that's I like that about classical music. It's interesting. And it's not, it's not the everyday thing. I mean, this song is a little different than a lot of her songs. Yeah. Because I think it's a little more, it's like a discredit to her to say this, but I wish she would write more songs like this. Yeah. I think this one's more poppy, more upbeat. Some of her stuff is pretty, I don't want to say depressing, but it's very real. It's her real life stories and it can be kind of uh, heavy. Well, yeah, I mean, there's just so much of her and her voice. I mean, she is, like, just pathos. She just, (laughs) like, that's her thing. Yeah. But I love seeing this side of her, which you see sometimes. When I saw her last year at Sonar, and she played a DJ set, she mixed in so much cool, just kind of, like, tribal, primal, jungle sounds. It was so fun. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I was a little afraid to see her DJ set. Yeah. But I I had so much fun. And this song is like that. It's her playful side. Yeah. I guess it's joy. Side. Yeah, so you don't see that often. She doesn't always show it. She's kind of known for that. So she had this exhibit in Barcelona last year. I think it was a touring exhibit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was a virtual reality where you could yeah. see her and turn your head and put these goggles and on. You're like and you're like hanging out everywhere. Nice yeah. And the whole thing was super emotional, you know? Because that's yeah. kind of how she is. But yeah, it's also cool when an artist that's, you're so used to seeing these heavy emotional things just be fun. She has a couple songs like this. Her style of writing melodies is also so strange, you know, and interesting. It all sounds so incidental, right? Like, it's just like she just woke up as a goddess spirit in Iceland and just, like, (laughs) took in a breath of cold Iceland air and out comes, like, the whole experience of human existence. But there are times when she can and she will just do this sort of, just a fun, there's a refrain. There's a refrain in this song. Yeah. And some of her lyrics as well, on the heavier side. Yeah. On on the, which I'm very much like that as well. So, I mean, there's many times when I listen to her more lyrical songs yeah and I'm so into it I'm just like feeling everything yeah someone gets me finally in all of my little (laughs) pockets of pain and joy and and I just love the message of it yeah who is it well I don't know it's like (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like she's asking you to think about someone that you love 
And for me, there's something so like pure, it's kind of earnest. Yeah. There's something really like genuine about this song. This whole album is incredible. Yeah. It's all human voice. Exactly. Even though it's processed or synthesized sometimes, it still feels more hearthy. Hearthy. I don't know. Like there's it's something the like a big bowl like, of like simpler or like older. A or big like... bowl of stew. Yeah. It's... Comfort. It's comforting. Well, there's this warmth about it. When you listen to the other tracks also on the album, it's like... Well, and the, the one thing you touched on already is that this whole album and this song is just a human voice. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is. I mean, this album is not just like, oh, I wrote some good songs. The idea of it, it's such a concept. Like, I'm going to write something that's only human voice. That's respected by I mean, the contemporary classical yeah. community. I mean, what she's doing is probably the closest that anyone's doing to making a modern space for classical ensembles. She always has choirs and orchestras. Yeah, she had choir in this one as well, beatboxing, yeah. everything. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she's doing a service... I'm a classical musician who sees that, and I'm like, please let me be in your Icelandic choir. (laughs) (laughs) Do you sing at all? I sing. You do sing. I wouldn't say I'm a singer, though. I can't. But you probably could be. If I ever had a lesson, yeah. But I, again, like classical background, if I say I'm a singer, I, I can't say it with a good conscience. Like, yes, I can sing. But you could sing in a band on stage. I could sing, yes. I love karaoke. If you okay. want to do karaoke sometime. I do. I'm actually... <laughs> I suck at singing. So I'm really terrible. But I have this crazy desire to sing. I just would love to <laughs> sing. And I'm really aware of the fact that I'm bad. But I was scared that maybe I'm... It's impossible that I'm tone deaf. No, no, no. I don't... It's... No, but I did the tone deaf test online. Yeah? The other day. And I got 97%. <laughs> I am not tone deaf. Most people are not tone deaf. I know, but I just thought maybe I was. And maybe there's no hope. But now that I know that I'm not tone deaf... No, no. I feel like there's a chance. And I, I actually am wanting to take singing lessons. Definitely. I mean, in general, if you've never studied music, they'll say I'm tone deaf. People say that to me all the time if I mention anything about music. That they're that tone I, deaf. Or that I have a past in music. They'll say, oh, I'm tone deaf. And I'm like, I so highly doubt that. Like, What's the actual occurrence of tone deafness in... <laughs> it's probably so rare. I mean, anyone can match a pitch. It's just that people don't play around. Yeah. I think, well, I think a lot of it is training, you know? Like, yeah, there's people that they have it naturally. They can sing and they're amazing. But I think also the more you train, I'm like amping myself up to become a singer. It in is. Some band. That's another thing that's like insane, <laughs> insanely physical. Singing is insanely mm. physical. It's, again, like a sport. People have this idea. Singing or playing music, you know, it's just this creative endeavor and like, oh, what a free spirit absolutely not actually yeah. probably some of the most hard-working people singers to try and sing well if you start taking singing lessons for example right like you'd probably stop drinking the night before your singing lesson and okay. oh maybe you might stop drinking some other nights my best friend's an opera singer so this okay. is like well that, that's a bit more than i would ever hope to be <laughs> you just start to make these changes and it's it's a physical thing it's like a sport it's like you have to learn to relax and, and breathe and actually yeah. connect. Well, it's like, kind of like yoga in a way. Yes. <laughs> actually, no, I had a super interesting conversation with that friend that is an opera singer. Because her teacher in college used to tell her when she sang, quote, hook it in the cunt. Oh my god. <laughs> that was the hook feeling. Hook it in the cunt. Yeah, that's the feeling. She would tell my friend, that's the <laughs> connection you need. And we talked about this in depth. And, you know, what does that feel like? 
<laughs> and I actually we ended up on being like you know it's actually like yoga or martial arts it's like energetic centers yeah like of your body where your breath is so hugely important and just your your posture and yeah but it's it's such subtle movements and such subtle body awareness that it just takes a ton of training yeah in both yoga and in singing to actually just access that at the moment you need it okay so I have a long road ahead of me but I'm gonna do it you have to learn to hook it in the cunt. I'm going to learn to hook it in the cunt. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> well, no, but I actually, that makes me really happy because most people feel like they can't learn an instrument as an adult or... Well, I tried to learn guitar like 10 years ago and it was so hard. I just don't have... I mean, I feel like I could learn it, but I don't understand where that dedication to mm. practicing comes from because that to me it's the kind of anyone can do something if if they have that discipline yeah and I just feel like I don't have it you know like I play it for a while and it's fun and then I'm like oh maybe time time is the thing this is why you typically you would start so young in the yeah. classical music world it's just when do you have time so you kind of just have to start so young if you're going to make... Yeah. If you want to have a career by the time you're 30, you should have started when you were five. It's like an extra 10 years. But I could, I mean, I could start now and I could be a famous singer by the time I'm 40, five, or 60. <laughs> but as long as I make it, that's all that matters. <laughs> well... I, I think that it's good. Once you sing, once they show you a scale, you just match some pitches and then... I mean, I'd be, I'd, to be honest, I'd just be happy hitting some notes in karaoke, you know? Oh. <laughs> I'm sure you can do that. Yeah. You can probably I'll, do that already. I'll... We can do karaoke with the cello. We would get so many free beers. Yes. Okay. After that. Deal. Done. We're doing it. <laughs> can you imagine? Okay. Well, we ought to pick a good karaoke song. Okay, we'll we'll get on that. I'll keep everyone posted on my singing endeavors. <laughs> okay, so you talked about how you saw your DJ last year at Sonar, which is the big electronic music festival here in Barcelona. And this year she's playing at Primavera Sound, which is the more uh, indie rock music festival. But you're not going because you're going to see her in London, you said. Yes, yes. So I was going to see her when I saw her headlining Primavera one night. I wanted to go. But a friend of mine works for a record label in New York, but she's going to this music festival next weekend in London. Okay, which one? It's called you know? All Points East. But when I looked at it, actually, it was the same lineup I wanted to see on Thursday here. Okay. So I guess they all, like, Kalela's going to be there, too. Oh, okay. I'm so excited because I found out about Kalela because Bjork mixed her into her DJ set last oh, year. And I was shit. like, what is this amazing <sighs> song that Bjork is playing? What song was it? Was it Rewind? It was All the Way Down. Okay. What a jam. So I hope I will see them both. Well, I'll definitely see Bjork, and I just don't know when Kalila plays. Yeah. I, haven't, so I don't know do. what's going yeah. on. I tried to make my Primavera schedule. I mean, every time slot, there's a clash with bands I want to see. This is like such a problem with yeah. festivals. Yeah. There's one that's always a bit more like, yeah, I prefer to see them, but it still sucks. I want to see them all. Or you go, and then your friends don't want to see that person, and then you... Or like, I mean, tons of stuff. Or you or you're too drunk. You get, oh, yeah, I was going to say. Or can't find where the stage like, is. Like the energy level just dips and you don't really care about anything for a while except like laying down in the grass. Yeah. Well, there's, there's like no grass people. at this one. So uh, Primavera, have you been? It's like concrete jungle. Oh, uh, you know, I... So there's no laying down there's unless no. you want to lay down in the dirt. No, thank you. We don't want to do that. Okay. Um, well, that is about all the time we have today, Anna. But thank, thank you. you so much for coming. I feel like I've learned so much about the 
cutthroat world of classical music. <laughs> I am, well, I'm sure other people have other experiences, but I'm happy to tell it like it is. <laughs> reveal, reveal the muck. Thank you for having me. It was, it was very nice and oh, chill. Cool. Which means like the highest compliment. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much guys for tuning in to episode 15 and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye.